Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today we get a hint on how aggravation did last fall financially. There will be a loss due to COVID-19, but the show will not have to even touch the half-million-dollar contingency fund that was set up years ago. The annual meeting in mid-April will hear full details from CEO Chris Lane, and he'll give us a hint today. We look at the farm weather outlook with meteorologist Terry Lang. We hear about farming in Ukraine under wartime conditions, and Olds College is expanding in Saskatchewan. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM News Director Jim Smalley. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. Canadian Western Agribition will be reporting a loss on last fall's show in Regina. The full financial report will be released at the annual meeting April 13th. CEO Chris Lane says COVID-19 had an impact on the show with week-long attendance at 85,000. He says the loss was less than expected and will have no impact on the show going forward. Yeah, Jim, we're excited. It's a return to an in-person AGM for Agribition, and it's set for April 13th. So it's the first time we've had uh, uh, people in the room with us for a couple of years. So, you know, not only is it a time to to take a look back on the business of Agribition, but it's also a time to get together for the membership. Now, one of the key areas that's discussed, of course, is how the show did financially. How did the show do? Well, I think overall, we're really happy with it. I can tell you that, you know, there will be a loss this year, but you know, in in light of everything around COVID and uh, all the <laughs> the struggles in the last two years, you know, it was one we're comfortable with. It was one that we expected. Uh, it, it sets up Agribition to continue to do what it does best. So, uh, you know, even though there will be a loss of some degree, it's it still sets us up to look forward to the future. I have to ask, a big loss, a small loss, how would you best describe it? Well, in the nonprofit uh, event sector, any loss is a big loss, it feels like. But you know, I think we've got a, a history in the last certainly 10 to 12 years of being pretty financially sound. Um, you know, the, the first year of COVID took a real toll on us. This one uh, wasn't so great either. But, you know, like I said, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't leave us in a position where we can't do anything going forward that we would normally do. So these are the, you know, this is, this is the ups and downs of the event business. And I think COVID has certainly thrown everybody in this business for a bit of a loop. Uh, the main thing is, is that we were 
able to put together a full schedule and a full show for our 50th anniversary. We really didn't pull any punches. We didn't feel that would be fair to the people who exhibited Agribition or the, or the people who come to us from the community for all things that Agribition is known for. So we were able to put together, like I said, a full schedule and, and uh, a show that we were really proud of in the middle of coming out of COVID. And um, so, you know, that comes at a price. But uh, honestly, the price of not doing Agribition again would have been much, much higher. Can I call it a small loss? And there's a contingency fund as well. I remember when it was set up. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's one of the things that, you know, we, uh, we we set up for kind of a rainy day in the event business. And, you know, I can tell you that without getting too specific that, you know, even though we did uh, take a bit of a loss uh, in this last year, the, the contingency fund remains intact. So it's all in all aggravations on solid financial footing. Uh, it was before COVID and it remains through COVID. How was attendance last fall? We had a total of attendance around 85,000 people. Uh, I think the final number came into, which was, you know, if you, if you were here, you'll notice that that was probably a little bit lighter than, than most normal years. I think a couple of things right off the hop is uh, obviously school groups weren't able to come to Agribition. So, you know, there's more than 10,000 kids there that, that didn't get counted in an attendance role that normally would. And I think there's still some uncertainty last fall around COVID and participation and restrictions and rules. But what we did see is, is of the people that came, high, high engagement. So if you talk to any trade show exhibitors or cattle exhibitors or people who attended our conferences, you know, the people who who certainly made the effort to come, and there were a lot of them, uh, were very much engaged in the programming at, at the show this year. Now, Chris, I understand you're moving on to economic development, Regina. What are your, as you look back on your six years at Agribition, what are your thoughts on Agribition and its future? Well, I think Agribition's future is uh, is incredibly bright. I think in the last six years, what we've seen is is a bit of an awakening or a consciousness around the role that agriculture really plays. You know, not only large scale economically and around the world for Saskatchewan, but you know, also the connection that people have to uh, agriculture and the and the culture around it is. You know, we're becoming more aware of that, and I think more appreciative of it. So that all adds up to a really bright future for Agribition and, and you know, the the decision to move on is always bittersweet here. Agribition's a place that really gets in your blood and uh, you can tell from the number of volunteers and employees we have that, you know, no matter if, if they formally move on from Agribition, they always come back. So I, I always intend to do that too. I think I won't be a stranger around show week, that's for sure. Your goals at Economic Development, Regina? Well, I think, you know, the the really attractive thing about economic development in this whole region right now is that there's a formalized strategy uh, around agriculture and agribusiness uh, and agri-food processing. So, you know, a, a lot of economic factors are lining up um, that show just how important uh, it's going to be for Regina and Saskatchewan in the next several years here. So, So that's the that's the main goal, uh, to tell you the truth, is is to continue the advocacy around agriculture and, and realize some of the business investment opportunities here um, and deliver that for uh, all of, really, the, the Regina region. Chris Lane is the CEO of Canadian Western Agribition and is moving to Economic Development Regina later this year. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Seedmaster. No matter what you grow, Seedmaster has the ultimate seeding solutions for better crops and bigger profits. Seedmaster.ca. 
A spring storm is expected to batter parts of the province this week. Environment Canada meteorologist Terry Lang outlines the weather outlook for this week, the coming month, and the summer. Well, we do have a weather system uh, moving through over the next couple days, and that will bring some uh, some snow, uh, mostly to central parts of the province. We will see some snow and wind in the south, but not much in the way of accumulation. But through uh, northern grain belt, through central sections, northeastern parts of the grain belt, upwards of another 10 centimeters of snow coming with that. So something uh, to keep an eye on. Uh, after that, those things kind of settle out and we get into sort of a more seasonal pattern uh, with uh, highs getting well above uh, freezing during the day and then falling um, below freezing at night, which uh, helps slow down uh, the snow melt a little bit. So uh, looking a little bit better after we get through the next couple of days. A lot of the snow is gone in the southwest corner and uh, some can get on the land in April. What's the outlook for uh, the first week of April? How's that looking? Well, we are looking at sort of that more variable pattern, so more seasonal than uh, than anything else. So it's still, we have our, the jet stream very close to um, the central part of the province. So that means sort of that up and down roller coaster a little bit. Doesn't look too much in the way of weather systems coming through, bringing um, moisture or anything like that, but more in the way of uh, more seasonal temperatures uh, helping with that, uh, that snow melt. Generally, what is the spring outlook for southern Saskatchewan and I guess the, the moisture and the temperature-wise? Well, uh, for April itself, uh, we have a forecast out and it's calling for mostly uh, near-seasonal temperatures for the month of April, perhaps maybe a little bit cooler than average. With respect to precipitation, always you know a bit of a, a crapshoot uh, when it comes to stuff like that just because we're not particularly uh, good at forecasting a precipitation but it's it's sort of still hinting at that drying trend uh, over the southwest corner of the province which is not necessarily good news because they didn't pick up as much moisture over the winter uh, as, as much as some of the other places across the province did towards the spring itself it is calling for below average temperatures for a better part of the spring but of course the spring we're already one month into it because we consider spring march april may and with respect to precipitation uh, again it's calling for drier than average uh, over that southwest corner and then an equal probability of it being drier than average or wetter than average through uh, much of the rest of the province so not much of a forecast to say, but uh, hopefully we'll see some of those spring systems coming through and bring that um, much-needed moisture to the southwest. And the long range, what are we looking at for summer? We don't know. We don't make a summer forecast that far in advance just because <laughs> that would be folly, I think. We do know that La Nina, which is the one that you know brought us kind of a cold and, and wet winter for most parts of Saskatchewan, is weakening. Uh, and is forecast to become more neutral conditions towards uh, the summer, which actually just makes it harder to uh, forecast for the longer range. Hopefully, though, uh, after last year when we didn't see much in the way of thunderstorms bringing us spring rains or summer rains or anything like that, hopefully with more moisture around, we'll see more of the thunderstorms coming along because the more moisture there is, the more thunderstorms we tend to get and it kind of feeds that way, but the drier it is, the less we get. So, Hopefully with the more moisture that we did see this winter, um, we'll see more in the way of uh, that moisture coming. 
Terry Lang is a meteorologist with Environment Canada. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio, joined right now by Justin Funk of AgriStudies based in Guelph, Ontario. Justin, how are you? I'm well, Sean. How are you? Hey, man, I'm doing fantastic, doing fantastic. So we're, we're really excited today to really kind of, I guess, get out and announce and talk about a project that we've been working on behind the scenes for quite some time. Uh, going back to 2020, we did a Farm Vision 2020 study together uh, under the brand Real Agri Studies. Very cute, kind of putting the two uh, names together. The, the study went fantastic. And now from that success, we are launching into a Real Agri Study insight panel. Um, I, I guess let's start off with what, help us define what an insight panel is. So in the world of market research, uh, a panel is described as a group of uh, respondents from the greater population. So you think of, in this case, all farms in Canada, a, a group that has said, oh, we agree for you to reach out and uh, talk to us one way or the other to gather our insights and opinions on a variety of issues. So it, it's essentially uh, a, a group that has provided consent and says that we want to be uh, contacted for the purpose of providing our input that's going to help shape different elements of the industry. Yeah, and, and the key here is that it is trying to get the right information and, and, and accurate, up-to-date information on on trends and uh, how people feel about certain subjects so that people can make you know i i think accurate decisions on when it comes to things like policy or products or or whatever have you making it you know if you don't have the data then you're making an assumption and that's where things start to go badly absolutely and you know i i I understand why people don't necessarily want to complete surveys. I mean, I know I always shudder at the thought of somebody calling me out of the blue uh, and asking me to do a survey because in the back of my head, skeptically, I'm always wondering, you know, what's this for? Who's this for? How's this information going to be used? And and as a result, it's become very difficult these days to, to do any form of really good market research. You know, we find ourselves scratching and clawing, trying to find lists of people and privacy issues uh, creep into it. And it just, as a result, you end up getting uh, okay information, but not great information. Now, as as a farmer, I, I, I totally understand the perspective that if you don't want to be surveyed, that's great. But what a panel does is it gives those who are interested in sharing their thoughts the chance to say, you can contact me, and now we've got a group that we can confidently reach that represents all different types of farms. So uh, not just large farms, medium farms, small farms, part-time farmers, older farmers, younger farmers, all different areas of production, uh, so that we can collect information and use it to feed back to the industry to help make better decisions that impact farmers. So let me give you an example. In our farm vision study, uh, we, we were very successful in reaching farmers. We had 769 farmers uh, complete our survey. 
And we learned things like how farmers feel about the adoption of technology. It's really easy for the industry to make assumptions around how farmers feel about technology because you draw comparisons to the consumer world, for instance. One of those assumptions might be, well, uh, older farmers are not willing to adopt new technology. Well, if that's an assumption that you make, then you're going to come out with a product service offer and a go-to-market campaign that is targeted at this younger farmer. But what if there's a lot of older farmers or more experienced or mature farmers who are just as interested in that, and now there's an offer that just isn't designed to appeal to them? We were actually able to prove, Sean, and you know this, that there really isn't any difference in age when it comes to the adoption of technology in agriculture. And so here are a lot of assumptions that may be being made and a lot of decisions made on those assumptions. And what's the implication to the farmer? Maybe they get you know, products they don't want, uh, lousy services, you know, things like that. So I, I, I really think that for, for, for farmers to say, well, I, I want to be treated the way I want to be treated. Uh, I want the types of products that, that I want and the solutions to be offered. I, I think it's fair that we get the insights from those farmers to help the industry uh, do a better job of meeting those needs. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at Real Agriculture. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, partly cloudy. 30% chance of showers late this afternoon. Wind southeast, 30, gusting to 50. The high, 6. Periods of rain this evening, then changing to periods of light snow near midnight. Risk of freezing rain overnight, the low, minus 1. Tuesday, periods of snow, possibly 2 centimeters. Risk of freezing rain early in the morning. Wind north 40 gusting to 60. Temperature falling to minus 4 in the afternoon. The low, minus 9. Wednesday, sunny. The high, plus 3. The low, minus 4. Thursday, sunny. The high, 9. The low, minus 4. Friday, partly cloudy. The high, 6 degrees. The low, minus 7. Saturday, sunny. The high, plus 7. The low, minus 5. Sunday, sunny. The high, 10 degrees. Normal high is 6 degrees. The normal low is minus 7. The sun rose at 6.44 this morning. It sets at 7.23 tonight. And taking a look at the temperatures right now, we have cloudy skies in Regina. It's plus 2. That's 36 Fahrenheit. Estevan is plus 3. Saskatoon is plus 4. Swift Current plus 2. Weyburn minus Pardon me, Weyburn plus one, and Yorkton is two degrees. In Regina, cloudy and plus two, that's 36 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the southeast at 33, gusting to 45. Humidity is 57%, the barometer dropping 100.9. Cloudy and Moose Jaw, six degrees. Winds are from the east-southeast at 31. Once again, Regina, cloudy and two, that's 36 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. Get out to an early start on weed control in next year's canola and lentil crop using Group 3 Edge Microactive from Gowan Canada this fall. Edge Microactive, maximize yields today and manage resistance for tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. 
This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. Farmers in Ukraine are attempting to grow a crop in a war zone. The threat of attack by the Russian army is only one worry. There's also crop inputs, grain storage, and grain transportation. Nick Gordichuk was interviewed by the Iowa Agribusiness Network from a location near the capital of Kiev last week. Gordichuk had to leave his 1,500-acre farm, 150 kilometers north of the capital, when it became too dangerous. In a normal year, he grows winter wheat, corn, and seed potatoes. The challenges, he says, for Ukrainian farmers are many, including financing. In many cases, even those farmers who have access to their land and to their machinery, uh, they face two main questions. One is access to input supplies, for example, fertilizer. And we know this is not only for Ukrainians, but also for other farmers in, in Europe. It's a problem. This year we have a deficit of fertilizer with, with the gas prices going up. Second problem we have in Ukraine is access to diesel. In most of parts of Ukraine, you don't see diesel now available uh, because uh, logistics has been uh, spoiled by the war. There are many issues for larger farmers as well. Even though our government is trying to arrange various financing schemes for farmers, but we all know for small and medium farmers, it's very difficult to get uh, financing from the bank, but also in a situation of a war uh, when most of banks are cutting uh, on their risks and they're not willing to, to finance uh, small and medium farms. Gordichuk's farms, grain elevators and ports are becoming targets of Russian bombs and missiles. The Russian army is targeting on purpose uh, agriculture enterprises, storages and machinery. What we see now, up to 30% of areas will not be planted at all. I cannot say what will happen in the next uh, week or two weeks uh, time. Some farmers are desperate because they are not sure what will they do with the crops if they grow it. Because some farmers still have wheat from last season. They still have maize from last season, which they stored. What happens now? We have no access to the Black Sea. Nick Gordichuk is a farmer from the northern part of Ukraine. He spoke online with the Iowa Agribusiness Network. The federal government is providing $3.5 million to expand the market for Canada's turkey and chicken producers. Funding goes to the Turkey Farmers of Canada and Chicken Farmers of Canada organizations to promote domestic demand and consumption. Turkey Farmers of Canada will receive up to $2.5 million to expand consumer awareness of the benefits of turkey meat as a high-quality protein food. Chicken Farmers of Canada will receive up to $1 million to promote the safety and quality of Canadian chicken to consumers. The federal government has promised fair compensation to supply-managed sectors for market access concessions made under the Trans-Pacific Partnership. The federal government is providing up to $113,000 to develop biosecurity technology to help farmers reduce the risk of disease outbreaks. Building on an existing farm health technology program, Be Seen, Be Safe Limited is using the funds to research and develop the best hardware solution to allow real-time tracking and tracing of trailers. 
After the trials are complete, the company will publish and widely distribute recommendations on the best fit technology. By using data to monitor the movement of these vehicles, farmers can rapidly contain an outbreak, limit losses and reduce the time it takes to return to normal business. Disease outbreak can have major impact on animal welfare, food supply and producer mental health and result in significant economic losses. As a result, the federal government is supporting the development of biosecurity technology to help farmers manage the risk. And Ottawa has announced an investment of over $100,000 to promote the organic food industry. The funds will go to the Organic Federation of Canada to promote growth of the country's organics industry. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com Olds College of Alberta is expanding its smart farm operations into Saskatchewan this year. It's because of a gift from an Alberta family that still owns some land near the community of Crake. Patrick Makachik is the Vice President of Development and Strategy at Olds College. We were fortunate to uh, receive, a, um, quite frankly, an amazing donation of land from Marjorie and, and her late husband, George Steckler, uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, and it included their, their home farmstead, essentially, uh, west of Disbury, which is a beautiful piece of land. Um, and, uh, and with it, though, they also wanted to... Um, donate their, their Saskatchewan farm to Olds College. Uh, so we initially came out with a, a really wonderful public announcement of the initial donation, uh, and uh, we started working with uh, Marjorie in farming the, uh, the Disbert farm, and it was determined that uh, we should go ahead and uh, start uh, applying our smart farm to the Saskatchewan farm as well. And that's what we'll be doing here in 2022. The project opens new opportunities for Olds College. Yeah, I mean, Olds College, with regards to our smart farm framework and ecosystem, we're, we're really focused on helping producers and the industry enhance their productivity, profitability, and sustainability uh, through enhanced ag practices and implementation of technology. Uh, and that's not just here in Alberta, but that's right across uh, Western Canada, the country, and internationally as well. Uh, what's what's really important here in Canada, and we've heard from a lot of different stakeholders, uh, especially on the industry side, that obviously we have a lot of different geographic uh, regions uh, across the country. Uh, you can see it here even just in Alberta, how, how vast uh, we have changes in terms of uh, the types of soil um, structure and, and uh, environments that impact farming uh, in, in Alberta, also through uh, Saskatchewan and, and Manitoba. So the notion of having uh, different lands that uh, we can uh, validate technology, do applied research, and also help train, uh, I think it's important for uh, regional, local, and provincial learners. Our smart farm platform was, uh, we, we did a quite a bit of research uh, four or five years ago, really taking a look at where the future of ag was heading and what were the needs of producers and the agri-food industry as a whole and it was really clear that there were some major gaps that were developing, especially around digital agriculture and the implementation of technology in a way that's uh, both sustainable and uh, productive for producers. 
Uh, we heard a lot. So we, we went out and, and basically did some research, connected and did focus groups with a whole pile of, of producers, uh, industry folks. And, and there was uh, a lot of angst, especially on the producer side, with the amount of data that, that they were generating and the challenges that they're having um, making the best use of that data. Uh, so a big focus when you break down the smart farm framework is the data that it generates and how we're using that data, whether it's to grow better crops or make better marketing decisions. That's Patrick McCotchick at Olds College in Alberta. The Market Update with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Grain prices were mixed in early trading today. Viterra prices for canola fell 40 cents at 10.40.42. Lentils gained $25 at 9.02.50. One red spring wheat went down 11.95 at 4.69.99. The rest unchanged. Durham 5.51.16. Feed barley 3.66.63. Flax 12.52.11. Oats 501.53, yellow peas 637.82, and feed wheat 385.65. At Minneapolis, May spring wheat fell 36 and a quarter cents at 10.68 a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the Source 620 CKRM. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn 842-4574. Now the latest livestock quotes. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Lee bringing the market report direct from Heartland and Swiftcourt. We had 550 cattle on last week with mainly cows and bulls on offer. Here are the quotations. D1 and 2 cows were 85 to 95. Odd sale, high-yielding cows, $1.06. Counter cows, 70 to 85. Good bulls, $1.15. Sales up to $1.3850. Medium, 90 to $1.00. Hefferets. Lost a calf, a dollar ten to dollar thirty-five. Thousand thirteen pound heifers were a dollar twenty to dollar fifty-five. Our regular sales are every Tuesday. This Tuesday we have a hundred fancy black cows calving on April the fifth at eight a.m. Also Thursday, thirty-first, we have eighteen hundred yearlings on offer. Please book now. This has been Lee, the market report here in Swiftcurt. Good day and good marketing. And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices, two twenty three sixty nine per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. The governments of Saskatchewan, Ontario, New Brunswick and Alberta have agreed to a joint plan outlining the path forward on small modular nuclear reactors. The strategic plan highlights how the small reactors can provide safe, reliable and zero emission energy to power the growing economy and population while creating new opportunities to export Canadian knowledge and expertise around the world. The report identifies five priority areas, including covering both on-grid and off-grid applications, a strong regulatory framework, securing federal financial and policy support, include participation from the public and Indigenous communities, and develop a strong nuclear waste management plan. A 300-megawatt modular reactor could generate enough electricity for 300,000 homes. The first 5-megawatt micro-reactor is proposed for Chalk River Labs in Ontario. It's intended to show feasibility for off-grid applications such as remote mines. 
On the markets, the TSX is down 98 points to 21,108. The Dow has fallen 201 points to 34,659. Oil has fallen 668 at 107.22 per barrel. The Canadian dollar is down 41 hundredths of a cent at 79.75 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the on-demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada. Makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.